Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSite, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Ladies of Life site. I'm Lisa and I'm sipping on my morning cup of coffee and I hope you have something yummy that you're sipping on or snacking on while you listen into today's conversation. For today's episode, my co-host Maddie and I are joined by special guest, counterculture mom, Tina Griffin, where we discuss pop culture in Hollywood, its effect on our kids, and she even dives a little deeper into the role that big tech is playing in America today. Tina is a former Hollywood actress, pop culture expert, expert. She moved from her Wisconsin dairy farm to Hollywood, California and earned a BA in film and television broadcasting from California State University, Los Angeles. She's traveled globally for the past 15 years, delivering her eye-opening show, Hollywood Exposed, explaining the real agenda behind the entertainment industry. Besides being in countless movies, Tina has worked on TV shows such as Jimmy Kimmel Live, Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, Lizzie McGuire, Drake and Josh, and Malcolm in the Middle. She competed in the Miss America America pageant and worked at the Oscars. She's opened for bands such as Colton Dixon, Third Day, and Jeremy Camp. Tina gives regular pop culture updates on various radio shows like Bill Martinez Live and Stand Up for the Truth. And she's the host of Hollywood Insider, which features guests who are experts on keeping our kids safe in today's technologically advanced world. When Tina isn't traveling and speaking, you'll find her blogging, cooking, schooling her four munchkins, or having a romantic date night with her husband, Luke. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for joining us today on the Ladies of LifeSite podcast. We are so excited to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to join forces with you women. Well, thank you. It's always so exciting for us as moms to meet other moms who are out there and who are just making a difference in the culture. So, I mean, my first question I have for you is just how did you go from a Pulaski, you know, Wisconsin farm kid to a Hollywood actress? Kind of give us your story on that. Yes, really, it was because I was bored. I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. I wanted to see the world. I had a great life on the dairy farm. I loved being a farm kid. I was a tomboy. I was building forts and bales of hay, and my youngest brother had asthma, and I would try to pin him in there if he was bugging me. I mean, I could... (laughs) I could give you countless stories, very interested in the outdoors. It caused me to be very creative as a kid. But the reason I really wanted to leave Wisconsin, honestly, when I was going through high school, is I just thought there has to be more to life life here than drinking parties, if I can just be honest here, and drugs, and even not the negative stuff, there has to be more to life than the farming. I loved it, but I wanted to see the globe. And I had a lot of friends that were promiscuous and, and doing the drugs and going to parties. I was the designated driver at a lot of these parties just because I want to make sure my friends were alive. But I just knew there was more to life than having a nine to five job that people weren't happy with primarily, and then paying off the credit card bill every month. And that was it. I'm like, man, I loved Jesus, gave my heart to the Lord when I was 16 I, two years later, decided after going through two years of college at University of Wisconsin-Green Bay, I want to create an impact 
for the masses. I just always thought big, like big dreams. And I knew that if I was thinking about something or dreaming about something that I couldn't do personally myself, that it would have to be God working through me. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have definitely messed up. I'm still working on things today with my personal life, my walk with the Lord, my children, my husband. But for the most part, I always had a sense of responsibility that if I'm saying I'm a Christian, I want to do what I can to help bring truth to the masses, to bring people to a life-saving knowledge of who Jesus was. And the best, biggest way I could think about doing that was to travel out west 2,000 miles and sounds nuts, but witness to celebrities. I'm like, if we can get Marshall Mathers Eminem saved, or if I can talk to the cast of 90210 or Melrose Place, those are the first shows I worked on when I went out there. I'm like, if I can talk to these people about the Lord, invite them to church, have them see who Jesus really is, have them realize truth and not to believe the Hollywood hogwash, it would not just save their life, but millions of fans that are impacted by what they promote in media. And that idea was in my brain at the age of 16. At the age of 20, I traveled out west, and for a decade, I was immersed in film and TV, uh, runway modeling, Miss America pageant, the Women in Film Organization, Screen Actors Guild, really immersed in pop culture and learned a ton and had hundreds of conversations with celebrities, film producers, directors in the process that opened my eyes to really how Satan, how the enemy works by promoting harmful, destructive behaviors to get children and parents in a rut, to have them go down the wrong path in life, to have a corrupted worldview. And I wanted to do with the rest of my life on the earth, expose the junk and lead people to truth and create and promote positive entertainment. So that is my two decades in a, in a nutshell on why I went to LA because I knew that that was the most impactful place that is um, causing and wrecking havoc on homes in America and around the globe. Yeah. And I think that's so true because so often, you know, I think our kids, you know, the music they listen to, the movies, everything, even we as kids growing up, all of it impacts you in so many different ways. So I think that's such a neat, a neat mission to have too, and a calling on your heart. But while you were working as an actress, you know, what what were some of the things that you discovered about the pressures of the industry as a whole? So many. The big aha moment for me is I was working on Little Black Book, I think it was back in 2004. And, I, and a lot of times I have a chance to break off, talk to a well-known celebrity or actress on the set or actor. And so in this situation, there was a lull in shooting, one day shoot there that I was on. I was on there for a couple of days where Brittany Murphy and I were stuck in a hallway. And I'm like, man, I want to talk to her because I had just done a couple of school assemblies talking about Marshall Mathers, Eight Mile movie. She was in that. She starred in that. There was sex scenes. There was drug scenes. And my heart just went out to her. I'm like... I could never, you could not pay me enough to do this kind of acting on a movie set. So I was like, Lord, give me the right words to share. And how can I talk to her? Cause we're both just kind of standing there. I also didn't want to get fired. Cause a lot of times if you chit chat with the celebrities, you're gone. So luckily nobody else was in the room. It was just her and I in this hallway. And I don't know who started talking first, but she, she passed away. Gosh, a couple of years later, it, 2007, I want to say December 26, I believe it was somewhere in there. It was one of the most aha moments I had living in LA because for our 10 to 15 minute conversation, she basically told me, hang on a second, are you that motivational speaker going around to talk about media influence on kids? I said, yeah. And she goes, I heard about you. 
I said, interesting. I said, can I just ask you some personal questions? And if you don't want to answer, you know, don't, don't answer or just let me know. She goes, yeah, what, what do you have? And I said, was it hard to do the Marshall Mathers scene, sex, drugs, all of that in your previous movie, you just wrapped eight mile, because that's the movie that I'm currently talking about where the damaging consequences are not revealed. And I have been sharing with teens for the last couple of years, these messages. And I could tell that her heart sank. And uh, she goes, you know what, Tina, I, I feel like I have to do this in order to get ahead in the industry. I do not agree with a lot of the content that I'm pumping out, but I feel like if I don't do it, I no longer get the acting roles. They no longer call me. I have pressure from my agents. I have pressure on the set. But she goes, I feel guilty every time I'm leaving the set at night going home, knowing I just promoted something that is going to harm, hurt, or possibly lead to someone's death. And that was an aha moment for me because the previous couple of years speaking about this, I'm like, run from these celebrities and don't support me your time and cash, which I still believe we need to do. But I now told people to pray for these celebrities because a lot of them don't agree with the message they're promoting. And so I encouraged her. God gave you a talent. You're very talented. She said she was uh, a Christian. We talked about that. I believe she was saved. But looking back, I wish I would have dug in a little bit deeper to make sure. But for the most part, that day forward, I looked at the celebrities and the pressure they were under completely different and told teens to pray for them. But I shared our conversation verbatim to thousands of teens since to help them see that a lot of celebrities are promoting something they're being told to promote that they know is wrong, that they know is harmful and they wish they didn't have to do. And that's just one of many cases. I mean, there was another time where I was told to wear a short black miniskirt on Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shaked Me. I did not want to wear that miniskirt. I knew that God was going to somehow help me get out of that situation. And so I basically told the, the head person on that, on that crew for wardrobe, I can't wear this short miniskirt. And of course she said, you'll never work for us again. And I felt the pressure of that personally, but there's countless stories about that. I left that set knowing I did the right thing but it gave me a glimpse, like many other times in Hollywood, of how afraid people are that are actors to speak up for what they know is wrong because they know they might be fired and never work in the industry again. There's just so much pressure that a lot of people don't realize. They watch the movie when it's done. They uh, listen to the lyrics and go to the concerts, but they don't realize that a lot of these people are puppets that are being told what to do and where to go. And that's what caused me to keep exposing this stuff for, for 20 years. In June, it'll be 20 years that I've been exposing and sharing personal stories of what is really going on and how Hollywood is promoting a message that is literally causing so much chaos with our kids today. I mean, I know you went into it knowing, you know, this is my mission and my calling to share Jesus with all of these actors and actresses and the whole scene. But what were some some practical things that you had to do and decide within your heart to stick with your faith and not fall into that trap of the glitz and the glam and all of that wasn't as important to you as helping lead people to Christ. I mean, what were some things that you had to do? I went to church regularly. That was key. I had to make sure that I was uh, going weekly just because I wanted to stay on the straight and narrow. And there are several times I can tell you where I'm like, how did I get in this situation? How do I get out of it? But God got me out. I mean, I just wanted to make sure I was there for the right reason. I didn't want to wreck my testimony. I didn't want to be on Jay Leno back then. Jay Leno was hot. I didn't want to be on his talk show for whatever reason, you know, that I would possibly be on there. And they're showing a clip. Well, you say that you're totally helping teens with drinking and driving. Well, look at this ad we found on Hollywood Boulevard of you totally 
uh, promoting Sky Vodka or in this commercial drinking beer for Miller Lite on the beach in the bikini, which I was asked to do for $25,000 and I turned down and I needed $25,000. So I wanted to look two steps ahead. If I say yes to this, am I going to regret it? Is it going to let God down? Is it going to wreck my testimony? Are people going to call me a hypocrite when I'm trying to call out Hollywood hypocrites? So, um, Lovingly, lovingly calling them Hollywood hypocrites because I've really come a long way over the years with going from uh, let's for sure not support this person, that person, and then now today saying pray for these people. But yeah, we can't listen or go to their concerts or support them by buying their their clothing line, their perfume, because honestly, when we're buying all these products with these celebrities' names on it, we're just putting more money in their pocket where they go out and promote the same horrific message. Those kind of things, going to church weekly, being involved in a Bible study. I was always involved in a Bible study when I was out in LA. I actually went to two different churches for a good chunk of years because one was mission-minded, which took me out to Bolivia, Honduras. I did a focus on the family cruise one year. I did an Africa mission trip and that was all in my 20s. Life-changing trips that I was involved with with one church and the other church I was involved personally every week as a not a youth pastor but a youth leader where every Friday a bunch of teens from inner city would come over to the church. We would um, guide them, talk to them, listen to their troubles. It was a really good way to stay plugged in and being a leader with the mission God gave me, made it easier for me to steer clear from the negative because I knew it would have detrimental consequences on my own personal walk. But the couple of times that I wish I would have done something different or wore too tight of a, an outfit on set or, you know, that type of deal, I would use it in sharing with the teens. Last week I was on this set and I shouldn't have been doing this or wearing that. And I would talk to them because when I was a kid and I went to Bible camp and Bob Lenz was my first speaker and he's still out there today. In fact, he had me speak at Life Fest over the years a couple of times. I remember his personal stories and other speakers when they would share their heartfelt stories of things they wish they would have done different. It made them more personal. It showed me that they were human and let me know that they're not putting this facade of perfection out there where I'm trying to think that I'm not good enough because, hey, this person is doing everything right. So when I would share my mess ups over the years, it helped teens come up afterwards and share their mess ups, their struggles, what they need help with. I always wanna let them know that I don't have everything figured out, but what I do know will help their life as it did mine. So those were a lot of the, a lot of the things that I did out in LA to do the best that I could with making wise decisions while I was in that environment. And, and honestly, I would do it all over again. I learned so much with my decade of working in film, TV, movies, runway, all of it, that there is no way I'd be able to share what I'm sharing today if I didn't go through the chaotic, life-growing journey that I had in my 20s. Wow. I mean, that takes some really serious resolve and a really uh, deep spiritual relationship with God to be able to, to stick to your guns in an industry that is, I mean, there's just so much pressure. I... I I can't even imagine. So where did that passion come from? What was it about media and pop culture that really got you, you know, on fire? Because you have to be, to be able to stay that strong for so long. What really sparked that? Or what did you see in the culture that kept you, kept you going every single day? Because if I was in that situation, I, I, I'd hit a wall very quickly. I would burn out just 
it, it's not my passion or my calling. I don't think I could do it as long or as well as you did. That's a very good question. I think everybody tuning into this podcast right now, we all have a mission and a deep desire and a calling that God placed on us. So if someone has a calling to do full-time missions in Africa, that's not my calling. And so I couldn't relate. I mean, man, I burn out after three weeks. I need some real food or I need, even though I loved Africa, you know, or I, I need uh, media because I'm constantly trying to get videos out there and they don't have internet in a lot of those places that I went to in Africa. So, you know, certain things that are hard for me to relate to thinking I could never make it that it's a very good question you asked me, but because I'm doing what I fully believe God is calling me to do. And when we all are doing that, it doesn't matter if you get death threats, which I've received many. It doesn't matter if people try to sue us. It doesn't matter if people like big tech try to take all of our messaging down, which they're attacking you, they're attacking me. And I just want to say kudos for not giving up on the days you guys probably want to wave the white flag because it's like now that people want the truth, it's hard for us to deliver it because big tech is taking us down. So there's something in us and I constantly stop and think I can a quit and never touch this stuff again, even with all the attacks and the witches that do seances on our ministry and on me personally, which has happened. Personal attacks. We have had a knife intruder in my home. I mean, the devil has tried to kill me about seven times, eight times in the last 15 years. I kid you not, but I survived every time. One time I was on a highway going 70 miles an hour. I should have never, never survived the demonic attack in my vehicle when I was driving to a pro-life event right outside of Boston. But I can tell you, if it's not our time to go, God is going to keep us alive and protect us. When I had these attacks on my life, I just knew that if it's not my time to go, I can either quit because the, the going's getting tough here. It's time to, you know, just say I'm out. Or if we are getting attacked and threatened to be sued and uh, physical attack and death threats and or even just harassment or people taking down our posts on social media or telling us they're not interested and we start sharing about the truth to our neighbor. It is telling me at the same time we're on the right track and we're doing exactly what God has called us to do. I have been telling people for 20 years, parents, grandparents, kids alike, if we're not being persecuted for our faith, we are not being bold enough. And if I'm not getting attacked one week, I, I sit back and think, what am I not doing correct? Or am I not digging deep enough in the word of God and sharing enough because I'm not getting hackled enough? I think that's so beautiful. And that's so true, right? We have to see a lot of these attacks as evidence that we're going in the right direction. You know, when things start to feel comfortable, that's a that's a big tool of the devil, comfort. It breeds complacency. And that's when we, you know, give in to, oh, you know, it's okay. It's it's just a little black mini skirt. It's just a five minute clip. It's just a this, it's just a that. Um, and so I, I mean, wow, the attacks that you've, you and your family have had to deal with, that's far above and beyond. But what a beautiful witness that you've kept this up, that you just keep going. I think, you know, it brings to mind that if it's what God's calling you to do, he'll give you the grace to do it. And so I think that that's just a really beautiful reminder to all of us, because you're right, we're not all called to go out to Africa um, or, you know, whatever our different missions are, they're different, they're unique. And that doesn't mean that we should feel bad when we see somebody else doing a different mission or doing something well, oh, I wish I could do that. No, we should just pray for them and 
see their passion and, you know, hopefully absorb some of that passion and apply that passion to whatever our own calling and mission may be at our point in time. And I know, like you said, you mentioned censorship. I know it's a big issue we're facing. We just got completely removed from Facebook. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on with you, because I would imagine, you know, being counter to the media, that puts a pretty big target on your back. Hollywood's got a ton of money and big tech, you know, they're they're in bed with Hollywood, so to speak. So so tell us what what you've been kind of facing from that angle. Oh, yeah, it's been uh, chaos. And I just my heart goes out to you guys because I've been in jail for Facebook more than not since July of 2018 is where I saw something majorly happen to our reach. They took hundreds, if not thousands of group members out of our group with a really dumb excuse. And these are people that wanted to get our information. I have been shadow banned. I will put something up. We'll have two people tuning in. I used to be thousands when I go live. I'm like, this is insanity. And it would just, it's like, it's to be expected, but I guess just from what I've studied over the years with classes I've taken and studying the media and knowing George Soros, for example, is a key player in telling mainstream media what to say. There's a script they're given. I have I have a woman very dear to my heart that's on our counterculture mom team who's PR and left that whole world a couple years ago because she said I was sick of having being told what I can say when I know that what I'm saying is completely inaccurate and false. So the problem is it's a big nasty web. You have common core curriculum being created by none other than Bill Gates. You have a corrupt World Health Organization and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He's buying up all the farmland. He's behind what I believe a very corrupt, very deceiving, very dangerous vaccine plan. You have the deadly radiation coming off tech gadgets. That's a whole nother show we can talk about, but I've studied it for years. And uh, it's a very shocking situation for me. So I have a puzzle piece coming together, puzzle pieces for the last 27 years, studying these people, studying the new world order, the elite system, the great reset, the cashless society, the end time prophecy that I am personally seeing unraveling right before our eyes. The book of Revelation, when I opened it last March again, because I went to Bible school for two full years when we first got married a decade ago, and I opened the Bible again and at, well, like full force reading Revelation last March when COVID, COVID happened, certification of vaccine is what it stands for. I, I knew, I knew in my gut, heart, my eyes were opened to what in the world was going on. And when I read the book of Revelation, I said, we are on the, we are at the end of the church age. That's where we're at. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I'm not saying he's coming back next year, but there, I believe there is nothing else that needs to happen before he returns. And man, would that put a wild spin on what's currently going on all to answer your big tech question twofold. Number one, big tech is what I believe today's look at censoring freedom of speech, freedom of religion, all of our freedoms, censoring truth in a very critical, concerning way that books were being burned right before Holocaust happened, you know, 40, 50 years ago. So when I went to Israel trip with dear friends, Kevin and Sam Sorbo, they took 40 of us along with them. I'm dear friends with Sam. We've spoken at many events together. They set up this huge Israel trip two summers ago. My husband and I went together. We went to this museum in memory of the Holocaust. And I just had chills down my spine for that hour and a half, two hours. I bawled for a good chunk of time in there because God literally opened my eyes and basically told me, 
look at the red flags. It was a section of the museum where they had red flags of what ha took place and what happened in the society back then, right before Holocaust, where six million people lost their lives. And the red flags that I saw there are the same red flags happening in our country today. They just look different because technology is different. We have advanced, you know, media, but big tech today is what book burning was back then. So I, I take it very serious when your website, I'm thrown in jail and hundreds, thousands of other people are losing their lives, honestly, especially in the homeopathic medical field. And our websites are being taken down. There's a doctor, I can't, her name is skipping me right now, but she was in DC. She spoke a year and a half ago when COVID first happened with hundred other doctors. Her website went down in a matter of seconds when she posted a video that went viral about her thoughts about what is going on health-wise. When we can't have freedom of speech because really our information is accurate and truthful, it's, it's very concerning. So I think we all have a major role to play in this. God's going to give us truth. The word of God is truth. He's going to tell us with the knowledge that we have who to share it with. And now we're at the point where it has to be person to person because when we put something on the internet, even if it stays on there, there might be three people that see it versus 10,000 that used to see it. When you have Bill Gates paying, paying for the fact checkers on Facebook to label our information as false because we're exposing Bill Gates, we have a problem. We have people that are in charge of one narrative. And if it doesn't go along with the elite's narrative, it's taken down. And many people are gonna be shocked in the upcoming months, but then our job still is to get truth out there far and wide as much as we can. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is it's very hard when you have Bill Gates throwing common core curriculum in schools today, brainwashing the masses, changing history books, destroying math as we know it, condom relay races for our middle school students to learn how to have safe sex by throwing a condom on. And then the second they get pregnant, taking them to Planned Parenthood during school hours without the parents' knowledge, we've got a problem. Planned Parenthood on the board was Bill Gates Sr. His father was on the board for decades. So if you learn about the big nasty web and people tuning in thinking, oh my gosh, these dots are starting to connect for me. One great place is Epoch Times, if I'm saying them right. They're a fantastic news source out of Texas, epochtimes.com. They have an app. They have something called Spygate. If you Google search Spygate, you will want to download that. If you're interested in anything I'm saying, download that poster, have them send you a physical copy in the mail. It connects a lot of the dots that I just talked about. And that is the poster I have in my office wall, along with some Bible verses. But that is a type of dirt that I love learning about because then you start to understand why a certain message is currently out there in media. And last but not least, the part that really is an eye opener for me, I spoke a ton last fall at some of the Stop to Steal rallies, just because I was asked by numerous people in Nashville, can you please talk about the communism takeover on American soil? Yes, I can. And I just started learning a lot about that, especially in the last two years. We have a lot of people in leadership, government, education, a lot of people in entertainment industry that are influencers and decision makers and, and signing laws that are working for China, literally. Many more people than I thought. I, I'm blown away by what I learned the last year and a half of this COVID chaotic pandemic. These communist driven leaders don't care about America. They hate that we have freedoms. They hate that we were founded by uh, Christian men who started our country and our true foundations. That's why they're erasing any kind of historic thing for our children 
in schools today, from education through entertainment. They're getting rid of all of it because they want one narrative. They want to destroy the very fabric of our nation. And this basically began back in 1963, 45 communist goals were written and they had meetings in Hollywood on how to take down America from the inside out, destroy the family, uh, take the father figure out, make him look stupid in media, make homosexuality something that we should be praised and uh, do, pedophilia, normalized, beheadings and video games, murder, brick throwers instead of freedom fighters. We are seeing this happen on an all-out attack on our country. And out of the 45 goals that were written, 44 have already taken place. The last goal that has not happened, fulfilled yet, is taking over our police force. But they're almost there. We saw what happened last year all attacks against the cops, and we still see it this, this year. So my concern is not enough people know the actual battle and attack that is happening in our country to know how close we are to losing our country. If they understood that, they would be on fire for fighting for our country. That's my main concern. That's why I'm speaking left and right at different assemblies, going to meetings. We're doing a Planned Parenthood prayer event tomorrow with the kids, but I speak all over the place. I just got back doing two or three events last month, and I have about 15 to 20 planned for the end of the year and more that are in the works because people are waking up. They want the truth and they want to know what to do about it. And Counterculture Mom is focused on solutions, not just rattling off the problems. What can we do about it? And we have a ton of solutions that I'm so excited that parents are not just listening to, but they're doing, applying and seeing great results. Until Christ comes to get us or we die for our faith, because I'm not dying of old age in our country, I highly don't believe that's gonna be the case. I will continue fighting for what I love. Jesus, my husband, my children, our country, and millions of kids and parents that are seeking for truth, wanting it, and want to be equipped to know how to fight against the, the chaos and how to use their talents to glorify God. So that's my mission till I'm, I'm gone, no matter how I'm gone. I love it too much to not do it. And if we all grab down to the mission God gave us and know it's from him, he will provide everything that we need to make our mission come to fruition. I think you just hit it all on the head. <laughs> I mean, and I think it's for many people who are listening, who are kind of newer to starting to see the dots getting connected and who just kind of are completely, their eyes are starting to be open. I think that everything you just said can be so helpful for them. And I mean, what's your message? You mentioned you know, the Common Core in the schools and, you know, youth coming up to you after some of your speaking engagements. What's kind of your message to them of what they can do to counter this whole agenda to their peers and to our nation and help people to, to see what's really happening at a, at a young age? You know what? You two ladies are doing exactly what God's called you to do because you are very good at what you do. I, I just have to point that out. I, I love being on your program. Thank you for doing what you do, because without that, people wouldn't get the info that they need to hear. The biggest thing is knowledge is power. And we created, over the years, I was a solo chick of for 19 years, hair falling out, uh, pasty white skin because my eating was horrible, traveling 50 to 100 times a year with four kids in tow or two kids, whatever I had at the time, landing in airports, not knowing where I'm landing because I'm living on planes, literally. But the mission was, see, I, I pushed it. The mission is worth dying for, but I was killing myself in the process and God did not want me to do that. So when I was in Israel at a critical time in that trip, I was on a bus ride. We were, you know, driving through Israel. I just said, Lord, 
I can't go at this pace any longer. You have to help me. He goes, you have not because you asked not. I'm like, well, thanks. I wish you would have told me that two decades ago. What I need, <laughs> what I need, I have those kind of funny conversations with the Lord. What I need is like two dozen people. Can you give me a bunch of people to help me do this? Because I know what I want. I see it in my brain, but I can't do it as one person, one woman show and be a wife and be a, a mother and clean the house and feed my children and make scrumptious meals. So when he told me that, I literally talked to him on that bus and I said, I need people. I need funding. I need vision. I'm not a patient person. So if you can help me execute as soon as possible to help get America back on track and save lives, I'm all for it. From that point on, we did a fundraising drive. I did videos. I, I uh, threw a hat on, did the best I could, even with chaos and kids in the background and me in trucks, you know, in my truck with kids laughing in the background. I said, this is what we need, people. And uh, help me help you. Uh, this is the knowledge I have in my head. This is how, how I want to pump out this content. And every couple of weeks, I would ask for the next person we needed. And God provided every step of the way for the funding. It blew my mind. I would hire, I hired my COO, Bethany. She is fantastic. Mom of two, lives in Oklahoma. The day before, another woman that was helping me out for a couple of months quit. And she did not feel comfortable about the, what was going on with, with COVID and the great reset. And I knew information and I had a bunch of parents asking me for it. And I'm like, I have to share at least every now and then. So because we differed there, she said, I, I can't do it. I just feel uncomfortable. I said, I totally get it. Well, that was the exact same time that I had two or three TV platforms wanting to repurpose my content. I literally told my husband, I'm so glad that we have this woman working for us. Five minutes later, she texted me and said, I, I, can't, I can't keep working on the team. I'm like, what? And it was just her and I. Five minutes after I had these people the same day say, we'd like to repurpose your content because I had a, I have this podcast that is a Dennis Prager affiliate on Salem Radio. I mean, things were really opening up. Doors were really opening after this Israel trip. God said, don't worry about it. I got it covered. I'm like, you're hilarious. The very next day, Bethany and I talked. She jumped on board. She has been a godsend. She's the one in charge of her app. So two weeks later, I'm like, we need some more people to help write for the app. Two months go by, three months go by. We had hired at that point 10 to 15 content creators. We have teens writing. I love having the teen aspect. They're in it. They see what's going on. Their friends tell them at school. They give us the dirt. We, they write the stories. It's up there to help parents know what's going on. We have grandmothers writing. They've raised godly children. They know how to do it. They talk about their mess ups over the years, and they help parents navigate how that looks like. So today, because of COVID and because we couldn't keep up still with the influx of emails and text messages and, and uh, social media, it was crazy. We now have a team of about 24 people in less than two year time, fully funded. Many of them, a good chunk of them do several hours a week. I have two full-time employees, almost three full-time employees and God keeps providing. So as people donate, we then hire more people or tackle the next big project. So people out there, I'm telling you, God will show you exactly what to do. Trust him, do the next step, and he'll provide the means, the funding for it. We're a nonprofit. People can give to us, and every dollar is doubled by a donor. I mean, if people are listening right now, they're like, we want to donate to this. It's a tax write-off. You can give it to a ministry like ours or, or even LifeSite News. Or you can give to Biden back at the White House. And right now with COVID, I believe there's a tax advantage where you can write off, I think it's still dollar per dollar because of the COVID chaos. They, they put this stipulation where you can your, your donation dollars stretch further. So you're literally lowering your tax bracket and getting taxed less because you're giving to a great organization. Okay, White House or great missions, you know. A lot of people say, Let, we want to give to this or your ministry. I don't care where they give. I'm just saying give because 
The sad thing is so many ministries are going under because they're not getting the funding they need. And if we gave the funding that they needed, I know God would bless us in return. It's not why you give, but that is always what happens. So long story short, we now have a staff of about 24 people, a great um, system on the back end to find out ahead of time. And that's a whole nother podcast. We get the dirt ahead of time and we are reporting pop culture information, pop culture releases of movies, TV shows, apps to be a watchful for, board games, video games. It's wide gamut, magazines, books, good and bad, to help navigate the parents through the pop culture chaos. They want to know ahead of time. So we have a system where so many of our app alerts, we have a counterculture mom app, that is a must for every parent. Download it from Google Play, download it from iTunes, and make sure you sign up for premium. Premium will get you all the information. Now there's a freebie section of the app, but the premium's five bucks a month. That goes towards literally paying the staff of 24 and our five to $6,000 a month just to cover our tech part of it on the back end. But it's such a great resource. We get so many parents saying, oh my gosh, I heard about this on your app. And three weeks later, the news finally reported it. Or this magazine came out and said, or this website. Well, by then, 10 million people saw the dangerous music video. Our app gets the dirt ahead of time. I have connections still with Hollywood. We write the alerts on all of these different issues. We also have a ton of information in our app that is uh, one section's featured educators where we have uh, Mama Bear Apologetics, Josh Ox for apps and social media, biblical prophecy with Chris Pinto. Laura Perry talks about biblical sexuality and gender. She used to be a man for eight years and God totally changed her heart. She's now back to her original gender as a woman. Ken Ham from, from Creation Museum, at least 15 featured educators on our app, pumping out content daily to help out parents and different needs that they might have. Extras and freebies with a ton of great free resources from VidAngel to CrossFlix for positive entertainment to a Covenant Eyes giving a free month out for people to check out to how to block pornography on the internet. This app is absolutely loaded and very organized for busy parents that got 10 minutes to know what's going on that day, apply what they need to apply and see a God honoring change in the home. I've had kids stop swearing. I've had kids get better grades in the schools because their identity isn't based on the junk they're seeing on Snapchat. I've had kids give counselors, I, I've read stories, seen, heard people tell me that they gave their knives, their razor blades to counselors in schools because they're no longer cutting because of the content they got or their parents got through our app. I have had parents tell me that they're now talking to teens that they haven't had a decent relationship in years because of the tips we pump out through our app. We've had kids stop doing drugs, stop having sex, and not just to stop the dangerous activities, but learn why they're here, what is their purpose, and how can they have a world-changing difference, make that kind of a difference with their classmates in schools, with their kids down the street neighbors, with their family members, with their siblings, it has been unbelievable that when we get rid of the trash in our home, in our brain, and replace it with uplifting, positive media, how that impact changes the whole dynamic of a family structure. It blows my mind. And that's why our, our app is so helpful because pop culture is constantly changing. So every parent listening to this grandparent, download the pop culture app by counterculture mom app get premium and you will love the content in it. And then the next last thing is keep us in prayer because we are writing about 14 authors are writing a book 
21 chapter book. It's a, still going to be a short read for busy parents called Pop Culture Purge. It is going to address 21 top issues our teens, tweens, and toddlers are dealing with in our culture today, primarily because it's promoted by pop culture or caused by pop culture. And parents, when they get done reading this beast, will understand the importance of making sure they know exactly what their kids are watching and tuning into because it literally shapes their worldview and it creates their children to be certain type of adults, either lost, confused, living in the basement, playing video games at 40 years old, or leaders in their communities running for president, going out to space, teachers in their local schools, mission leaders around the globe, creating change and leading people to Christ. It's critical the first 18 years of these kids in the homes that they ingest positive, uplifting media because I know the lie, I've seen it firsthand, and I know these Hollywood celebrities are hypocritical. They are raising their kids on uplifting positive media, but they're promoting the opposite and, and killing our, our kids, their, our next generation. If we know the attack on our families and we create positive change in our homes and pick only uplifting positive messages, we will see a difference in a very short period of time in our children. It'll, it'll blow us out of the water because I've lived it myself and I love sharing it and hearing about the stories after. So there is hope and parents need to be in charge of what our kids are listening to and watching, not Hollywood. Hollywood is lost. We need to pray for those people, but not let them dictate what our kids believe and how they act as a result. This is just amazing. Thank you, Tina, just for all that you're doing for parents out there. I think these resources just to have in our back pockets is just incredible and it's so needed. So Thank you so much for just all you're doing. And gosh, there are so many questions and just so much information I would love to ask you today, but we're pretty much out of time. And so I think we're just going to absolutely have to have you back on at some point in this podcast because it's just incredible hearing from you. So just one you know, question for our listeners, how can people connect with you and contact you for more information? I know you mentioned the app and counterculturemom.com is another um, huge resource, but if there's any other um, information you like to to give to our listeners right now definitely go ahead the last thing besides the counterculture mom app downloading getting premium jumping on the website counterculturemom.com this is a, a great resource we have a free parent media guide that will help you get started on purging the junk in your home now that's springtime spring cleaning let's rock and roll and make that happen this guide is loaded with positive entertainment to get it you text the word guide g-u-i-d-e to the number 55444. That's text the word guide to 55444. And because email starting to get nasty, check your junk folder if you don't see it within minutes, but you will see the free parent media guide and you will get some great resources in the upcoming weeks, like one email a week deal, just to get you started on how to do a purge and get the positives in your home. That is a great way. You'll get our bi-weekly newsletter with that, short and sweet for families on the move. And the last thing is, if you want to donate to our cause, you can text the word donate. Every dollar is doubled. Text the word donate to the number 55444. I think you'd be pleased with that. If there's anything we can do for you, please email us or message us through the app. There's a connect with us in the app. If you see any dirt, you know, if you're renting something from Redbox or see something at Walmart checkout stand, we get them all the time. Parents that are like, oh my gosh, or even a teen will text us a picture saying, you got you to gotta report this. Text us the dirt, send us the dirt through the app or email us, and we will blast it out to the masses of all the parents that have our app. It's like a good networking tool 
where we can stay in the know and be on the front of the lines, not trying to constantly put out fires. You got this. You parents have this. Grandparents have it. Teens tuning in. God gave you a calling. It takes all of us working together. We can do this. And what we want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant when we see his face. And I just want to encourage you guys. It's worth it. The blood, sweat and tears is worth it. Because when you're going to bed at night, there's no regrets. When it's our last breath on this earth, there are no regrets because we did everything that we could with the time that we had. And I'm just really proud and honored to be a part of this podcast because LifeSite News, I have been following you guys for two decades, no, 23 years, and sharing your content since the very first time I stepped foot on stage. So what you guys do, taking a bullet for the cause, has encouraged me to keep on doing what I'm doing. So thank you for your hard work over the decades. Thank you so much, Tina, for your time and just your encouragement as well for parents and listeners today. I know that both Maddie and I are both so encouraged as well hearing from you and getting to have this conversation. So thank you so much. We're just so grateful for you and keep up the good work and know that we're praying for you and everything that you're doing as well. Well, you guys keep it up too. a high five from Nashville. Anytime you want to do a a quick pop culture update just let me know and i can jump on with you guys sounds great thank you so much tina you got it have a great day you guys you too 